Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, a documentary filmmaker reopens the cold case file on the death of former UN Secretary General Dag Hammarskjöld. What can be seen on the pictures of Hammarskjöld's body shot after the crash? He's lying on a stretcher on the floor of the jungle. And in his shirt collar, you can clearly see a playing card. For a long time, rumors have been circulating that it is, in fact, the death card, the ace of spades. This podcast is brought to you by Reverse Speech Radio, a podcast committed to telling you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Using the exact same technology as the CIA, they know because they trained them. Join hosts Christian Dicadure and David John Oates every week and hear never-before-heard reversals, revealing the hidden truth. Catch politicians lying, climb inside the head of serial killers, even hear EVPs played in reverse. Who's lying? Who's telling the truth? All will be revealed on Reverse Speech Radio. New episodes drop every Thursday. Find out more at reversespeech.ca. Listen and subscribe at reversespeechradio.libsyn.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Wednesday. Well, we're down to our final two days here in Verga in southern Greece, and Friday we'll be heading to Athens, where we've rented a short-stay apartment just a short walk from the Parthenon. And then from there, we'll be flying back to Toronto on September the 4th. And just a few days after that, I'll be back in studio hosting Coast to Coast AM, Saturday, September the 7th, and Sunday, September the 8th. Mads Brugger is the director of a new documentary film, that premiered at the Sundance Film Festival earlier this year. It's called Cold Case Hammerskold and re-examines the facts surrounding the former UN Secretary General's death in a plane crash in northern Rhodesia back in September 1961. Dag Hammerskold, a former economist from Sweden, was on his way to negotiate a peace settlement between the Republic of Congo and the breakaway region of Katanga, when his plane crashed near the airport in Andola, killing all aboard. The crash was officially blamed on pilot error, but now, nearly six decades after the death of the man JFK called the greatest diplomat of the 20th century, there's an impressive body of credible evidence pointing to Hammerskjöld's likely assassination. Mads Brugger is a Danish filmmaker and TV host. His first two films, Danes for Bush and The Red Chapel are ironic documentaries filmed in the United States and North Korea, respectively. In October 2011, he released a new documentary, The Ambassador, about the trading of diplomatic titles in Africa. Brueger impersonated a Liberian ambassador by purchasing a new identity on a black market, and then proceeded to expose the ease with which people holding diplomatic titles can exploit the gem trade. 
As a result of the revelations in the documentary, the government of Liberia has taken legal steps to prosecute Bruger and the other participants due to the embarrassment his work has done to the country. However, as of July 2012, the Danish government has not been presented with a formal demand for the extradition of Bruger. Mads Bruger, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm very fine, thank you, Richard. Thank you for having me on the uh, show. Tell me what it was about the, the Dog Hammarskjöld cold case that intrigued you such that you decided to make a film? Well, for starters, the idea that someone would dare to assassinate the UN Secretary General is in itself very, you know, captivating. Uh, for me, it was reading a newspaper article back in 2011 about the work of a private uh, Swedish researcher named Jörn Bjørkdal, who um, was busy tracking down the remaining black witnesses who were on the ground and uh, saw and heard uh, the plane crash in which Kammerschild was killed right on the border between uh, the Congo and what was Northern Rhodesia back then. And they tell a story which is very different from the official version. Uh, they saw another plane in the air shooting at the Kammerschild's plane and uh, encountered other uh, suspicious um, activities. And for the, those not familiar with the former Secretary General Dag Hammarskjöld, just give us a, a, a bit of a character sketch for this of this gentleman. Sure, uh, Dag Hammarskjöld. He was um, a Swedish uh, aristocrat, um, and um, in '53 uh, he becomes the uh, second UN Secretary General. And uh, today he is still considered the gold standard of what a UN Secretary General should be. It was very much Dag Hammarskjöld who defined what the United Nations is about. And during his reign. Um, uh, a lot of countries was uh, gaining independence, and the um, Kammerschild saw it as one of the most important tasks from the UN to protect these newly independent countries from their old colonial masters, which made him uh, uh, gradually a nuisance uh, for uh, old world powers such as the UK and uh, France. Uh, he also uh, had a fallout with uh, the Russians. And in the end, it was a bit like you know, um, murder in the Orient Express. Uh, a lot of the members of the Security Council had a motive for wanting to come. They were basically uh, hating his guts. Yes, let's let's talk about. I mean, when he rose to the Secretary General, people weren't expecting him really to be as bold and as iron-willed as he turned out to be. Is is that fair to say? That is fair to say. He was considered a, uh, you know, boring and a docile uh, Swedish uh, bureaucrat, um, but was in fact uh, the very opposite. Uh, he was uh, highly driven by ideals. Uh, he was a humanist, um, and um, and um, you know, as you say, extremely strong-willed. And his view of. Africa, his approach to Africa, which was just emerging from the the era of, of colonization, colonialism, just emerging from the era of colonialism. Yes. Describe his philosophy with, with regards to Africa. 
Well, he was spending a lot of time traveling around Africa, meeting with uh, new heads of states of uh, newly independent countries. Uh, he was going up against apartheid in South Africa. Um, and um, all this, you know, uh, uh, you know, climaxed in uh, what was known as the Congo crisis, when uh, the eastern part of the Congo uh, seceded, declared independence, a province known as Katanga, and a uh, civil war broke out. And um, basically, Katanga was the fiefdom of a giant Belgian-British mining conglomerate named Union Minier. And they were running Katsanka as their personal property. Uh, and they were bringing in a lot of mercenaries uh, to defend the, uh, the independence of Katsanka. And the Kambashild uh, mobilized uh, and, uh, and launched a, um, a UN-led military operation against this uh, private army, in fact. Uh, and that uh, backfired because uh, they, uh, the UN underestimated the, uh, the capacities of the mercenaries. And uh, because of that, Dakarbashul had to, you know, go to, uh, to the Congo himself in order to uh, broker a peace deal. And that is when he was uh, killed. And, and why did Hammerskold, uh, why did he favor the, the Congo, the central authority, rather than uh, the Katangan independence? Well, he was a believer in, you know, protecting the and upholding the territorial integrity of the Congo. Um, also because, you know, um, Katanga is uh, the treasure trove of the Congo. It is where all the minerals of, uh, or most of the minerals of uh, the Congo is to be found. Enormous amounts of copper, uranium, uh, uh, gold, every, everything you would be, be needing to, you know, financing a prosperous future for the Congo. So if Katanga was allowed to to um, break away from the Congo, it, it would mean the, you know, uh, the ruin of, of, the, of, of, of the Congo as a nation state. But it would also, in, in you know, de facto be a, a, a continuation of colonialism because um, the powers who had interest in Katanga being independent was uh, the UK, Belgium, and uh, France, but also the Americans, because Union Minière was mining the uranium used for uh, the first American atomic bombs in Katanga, free of charge, by the way. So this, this had to be dealt with, uh, seen from a United Nations point of view. And so talk to me about how the Congo really developed into kind of a proxy war at the height of the Cold War? Well, um, the, um, the, the first head of state in the Congo, uh, Patrice Lumumba, he, um, he had, you know, um, began talking with the Russians and, uh, uh, the Russians brought in uh, military advisors, and uh, and all of this, you know, made um, um, the the Congo a proving ground for you know um, uh, for uh, a, a conflict between the East and 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 uh, the West. And uh, 
Finally, uh, Lumumba gets uh, assassinated. He is uh, kidnapped in Leopoldville, flown to Katanga, where he is tortured and murdered by a uh, death squad. Uh, his body is decomposed in sulfur- sulfuric acid provided by Union uh, Minier, by, by the way. Um, and uh, the Russians are asked, uh, to, you know, to to leave the Congo, which they do. Um, and um, and uh, you know, and, and, and from then on, uh, the Congo evolved into a, a, a never-ending uh, tragedy, basically. So, uh, uh, in September of 1961, Hammarskjöld is in this DC-6 en route to peace talks with the leader of Katanga. Just describe the final moments of that f- of that flight. Well, around midnight, uh, just as uh, Habersfield's plane, uh, which is uh, nicknamed uh, uh, the Albertina, by the way, named after a popular uh, rumba uh, song in the Congo back then, just as it is about to land around midnight uh, uh, at um, Endola Airport, instead of landing, it it flies over the airport and um, the... um, the, the British dignitary, uh, Lord Lansdowne, who is waiting for him on the tarmac together with other uh, dignitaries, uh, VIPs and diplomats, he simply says, uh, uh, oh, he must have decided to go elsewhere. And then, uh, you know, all uh, leave the airport and um, and nothing is known about what happened to Dark Hammarskjöld before uh, 15 hours later when the uh, wreckage uh, is officially discovered approximately eight miles uh, from the airport, um, and um, it, 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 it it crashes there around uh, midnight. Uh, there's a, an enormous fire which uh, burns continuously into into uh, the uh, the morning hours. And um, when they finally uh, reach the crash site, most of the passengers are uh, in bits and pieces, looking like uh, charcoal. Uh, apart from uh, Hammarskjöld, whose body is remarkably uh, intact and undamaged. Yes. Now let's talk about some of the evidence, the mountain of evidence, really, that suggests that this was not pilot error, uh, but that his plane was actually shot down. Let's begin with, as you say, the the pristine, almost pristine condition of Hammarskjöld's body. But there's also a couple of other interesting things. Uh, One, uh, someone described what appears to have been perhaps a bullet hole in in his his forehead. Yes, that is not something we we deal with uh, in the film. Um, but um, a, a UN official who was working um, with Hammarskjöld, a man named Björn Ege, on, on Norwegian, he saw, um, he's not alive anymore, by the way. Uh, he, he died from, from old age, uh, I should add. But he claimed that he saw Habersfield's body, or, you know, as far as I recollect, the day after the crash, and he saw uh, a bullet hole in the, um, in the head of Dr. Habersfield, which he, um, uh, a knowledge he dealt with, uh, he, uh, he, he he told his he shared with his wife and uh, and other people, and uh, he was very insistent on this um, uh, experience uh, until uh, the, the end of his life. And 
And there are, you know, people who, uh, who, uh, uh, who, who uh, are, are sure about the photos of Hammarskjöld uh, from, you know, um, after after the crash that they have been doctored um, to uh, remove uh, any uh, marks of a bullet wound. But perhaps even more uh, compelling is this playing card that's placed on Hammarskjöld's body. Tell me about the Ace of Spades. That is a weird anomaly. Um, and in my mind, one of the most intriguing and interesting uh, details. Um, you could even argue that it, it you know, defines everything that is mysterious about the death of Hammarskjöld. What can be seen on the uh, pictures of Hammarskjöld's body shot uh, after the uh, the crash? Um, he's lying on a stretcher uh, on the on the uh, on the uh, on, on the floor of the jungle, and in his shirt collar you can clearly see a playing card, but you cannot from the pictures say what what uh, kind of playing card it is. Um, but uh, for a long time, rumors have been circulating that it is, in fact, the death card, the ace of spades. Um, I managed to track down the uh, only civilian photographer who was uh, an, an allowed to enter the uh, the crash site uh, in the hours after uh, after uh, the wreckage was found. He said that a um, a British uh, police officer told him that it was uh, the Ace of Spades, and he asked uh, the photographer, a man named Norman Kinmart, to keep quiet about this. Um, and um, and that, that, that simply remains extremely, you know, intriguing. More of my conversation with film director Mads Brueger when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Let me get Colleen Forgus in here. She's our newest partner. She manages the Strange Planet Dispensary, and she's a professional chef and nutritional therapy consultant. Colleen, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm great, Richard. Thanks for having me again today. I'm so excited. You know, I spend a lot of time, (laughs) eight hours a day probably, staring into a computer screen. I know there are a lot of people out there like that. Is there anything in our full script dispensary that can help with eye health? Yes, there definitely is. There's a product called Vision Optimizer by Yarrow formulas. That's J-A-R-R-O-W. I've used this product with clients who have experienced floaters in their eyes, have had ocular migraines from staring at screens all day long. This product is a full complement of different nutrients that are beneficial for the eyes, and it can even help stave off macular degeneration, which is a horrible disease that often happens as we get older. So I really recommend Vision Optimizer by Yarrow Formulas. Terrific. And again, all people need to do is go to strangeplanet.ca and click on the button that says Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary. Just click on that. And we should also remind people that they get 10% off all orders, 10% off. And on orders of $50 and more, they get free shipping. That's right. Strange Planet's Full Script Dispensary. Nature Grade science made. 
The statements made herein have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. If you have any concerns about your own health, you should always consult with a physician or healthcare professional. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again, what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Mads Brugger is a Danish filmmaker, and we're discussing his new documentary film, Cold Case Hammerskold. In the film, you interview a number of witnesses. Now, we're going back almost 60 years, almost six decades, but you interview a number of uh, witnesses who saw the plane uh, basically fall out of the sky, crash. Tell me about what they saw. Well, it is um, thanks to the work of a, a private Swedish researcher, Jörn Dale, that uh, we found and interviewed these uh, remaining uh, black witnesses. Approximately uh, 11 of them are still alive. And um, uh, what they have in common is most of them saw a other plane in the air, a small, what they describe as a small jet fighter, which is shooting at the commercial plane, that uh, the plane uh, catches fire and, uh, and, uh, and, and crashes whilst burning. Other of the witnesses, that is not in the film, uh, encounter almost immediately after the crash uh, white soldiers in, uh, in, in camouflage fatigues, who uh, warn them off and, and tell them to leave uh, the area of the crash. And um, I think, you know, it's, it's, um, it's you know, uh, very compelling and also highly interesting what they have to tell because it, it deviates in many ways from the official version, which still is that Dakama Schultz plane crashed because of pilot error. Perhaps the smoking gun here also is the testimony of Charles Southall. Explain who he is and what he witnessed. Yes, uh, Charles Southall, who was not uh, anymore, unfortunately, um, was a, a U.S. Navy officer and working for the National Security Agency uh, and based at a, a U.S. Navy radio relay station on the island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean. And um, he being phoned by the base commander who tells him to come down to the station because, quote, something interesting is going to happen around midnight. And uh, he goes there and they um, receive a recording of, um, as he uh, explains, a uh, Belgian mercenary pilot known, known amongst NSA personnel as the Lone Ranger, who is um, uh, shooting at the commercials plane, uh, and uh, he, uh, the pilot uh, explains about how the plane uh, has caught fire, and soon after he says uh, it is crashed. And that recording they process and ship off to Washington, where uh, it has never been uh, seen or, or, or heard about uh, since. Um, and uh, I think, uh, as you also implied, that that is a, a very essential affidavit in uh, in the case about the Dakamashut. Following the, the end of apartheid in South Africa and the, the, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, uh, we received this uh, uh, report from Archbishop Desmond Tutu about the existence of this mm. 
a South African paramilitary, very covert paramilitary outfit. Tell me about uh, about that report. Well, um, at the end of um, the Truth and Reconciliation, and Reconciliation Commission, they have a final press conference in Cape Town, and during that conference, Desmond Tutu releases a set of documents which were discovered in the vaults of South African intelligence. And um, these documents allegedly comes from this shadowy, sinister un- underground militia named the South African Institute for Maritime Research, or in short, CIMA. Uh, and they outline uh, a plot to kill the commercial, uh, and also suggest that CIMA was working in collusion with British and American intelligence and also with uh, the British-Belgian mining conglomerate Union Minier, who were the rulers of Katanga. And, um, um, and, and these documents, uh, you know, uh, remains uh, extremely interesting, uh, not at least because uh, all, almost immediately after uh, the presentation of the documents, the originals vanished in South African state archives. And uh, to this day, uh, n- nobody has been able to explain how these documents could vanish, and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and 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 if they are still, you know, uh, around. Which is, of course, important because if you want to um, get certitude about uh, the authenticity of the documents, uh, it's important to have the originals. It, it has been suggested by skeptics that they were Soviet forgeries. Would you care to weigh in on that? Well, um, it, it, it is a known fact that Soviet intelligence was uh, very uh, active in South Africa, uh, also, you know, propping up and supporting uh, the ANC. Um, but it is also a, you know, a, a, a common response, you know, if you discover, you know, documents from British intelligence to suggest that the, this is, in fact, a Soviet uh, misinformation. Um, there, I, there are no, you know, uh, credible proof which suggests that this has anything to do with Russia at all. Quite the contrary. Um, in the film, I meet uh, the uh, former head of the military intelligence in South Africa, uh, a general named Gini Grunewald, who met with the last known commander of Saimar, uh, a man named Keith Maxwell, in the uh, final days of the apartheid regime. And Grunewald testifies that he was absolutely convinced that Maxwell was financed and directed by British intelligence, because he says that Maxwell knew people in London whom you only know if you are, you know, a made man, so to speak. Tell me about the interview with Alexander Jones, who is the the former Symer militia member. Yes, um, it's important to understand that before my film, you know, apart from Maxwell, uh, we have never, you know, uh, seen or, or heard from other members of Saimar with, you know, their full name and and, 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 and their face. Uh, so that is really a landmark discovery to encounter other possible members of, uh, of Saimar. Um, Alexander Jones was uh, a lieutenant in Saimar. I think he was considered you know, a young white hope. He, w- he was uh, very close to Maxwell. 
And um, he took part in uh, cyber operations in South Africa, but also outside of South Africa. According to him, he took part in uh, assassinations, uh, uh, operations with the purpose of uh, destabilization uh, of, uh, of other uh, African countries. And um, but as I also say in the film, he uh, he offers no uh, documentation, uh, documents, photos, personal effects, which proves that that he was uh, a member of Saima. But he is on a list of uh, names of men who applied to adverts from Saima, uh, where they were looking for mercenary recruits. And that is how we found him. And he also knows things about Maxwell, who, which you would only know if you had actually met with him. So um, I consider uh, Alexander Jones to be um, uh, a, a, a credible witness. What started off as an investigation into the possible assassination of Dag Hammarskjöld actually ends up being something f even far more nefarious, and that has to do with the, the, the possible deliberate spread of AIDS in Africa. Obviously, I don't want you to give everything away here. We want people to see the film, but just give us a sense of where that, that's going. Well, um, quite early on, uh, because of discovering a, um, a, a partly unfinished uh, fictionalized memoir written by, uh, by Maxwell, um, also because of uh, documents from the archives of Saima, it became apparent that Maxwell was obsessed with the HIV virus and also the possibility of using age as a biological weapon uh, and a way to eradicate uh, black people in South Africa. Um, and um, during our work, we discovered that Maxwell was running a number of clinics in the black townships where he was uh, experimenting on uh, black patients. And you should uh, note that Maxwell had no medical training whatsoever. Uh, um, he was basically posing as a doctor. Uh, we meet a witness who saw him uh, giving his patients uh, injections. And um, we also discovered a strategy paper uh, written by Maxwell uh, where he uh, writes about how, how you should introduce uh, HIV amongst the population in countries neighboring with South Africa and then having you know, uh, refugees fleeing from the virus or the epidemic uh, venture into uh, South Africa and there they will uh, mingle with the uh, South African uh, black population and thereby spread the virus. It's absolutely uh, horrific and, uh, and, and nightmarish. Um, and, um, and, and, and it's important to emphasize that, that apart from, you know, in the, in the film we uh, meet two persons or we learn about two persons who had the experience of taking part in a vaccination program run by Saimar. But a lot of, you know, more research is needed before we can say for sure if this was something which actually happened and also, you know, uh, what was the size, scale and scope of this alleged uh, program. Getting back to the, the possible assassination of Dag Hammarskjöld, are, are you at all confident that there will be another investigation, official inquiry into his death? 
Well, actually, there is a you know a, an ongoing uh, investigation uh, under the auspices of the United Nations. Um, uh, it is being led by uh, an African uh, Tanzanian judge named Utman, uh, and um, they will publish a report in, as far as I uh, know, um, the middle of um, early September, middle of September. Um, and according to uh, rumors, it is leaning on that uh, Hammarskjöld was in fact assassinated. And that report will probably um, uh, be the uh, be the uh, beginning of uh, another and more in-depth investigation. Cold Case Hammarskjöld uh, de- uh, debuted at the uh, the Sundance Film Festival earlier this year. How can people see it now? Well, it is in uh, cinemas in in America and also available on uh, VOD uh, on uh, Hulu and uh, Amazon Prime, uh, as I believe. And um, yes, it's um, it's around. Cold case, hammer's cold. Mads Brugger, thank you so much and congratulations. Thank you very much, sir. It was a pleasure talking to you. Okay, before I say goodnight to the moon over Messenia, I'll be back to tell you a little bit about an upcoming episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. Have you checked out my Strange Planet shop yet? We just launched our brand new Nazca Lines merch. Mugs, t-shirts, tote bags, and stickers. I've partnered with a talented artist from Phoenix, and you have to see these cool designs for yourself. The Nazca Lines t-shirts are available for a limited time only. Right now, you can purchase the t-shirts at a special price of $18.50 US, but this deal won't last long. To start shopping, go to strangeplanet.ca and click on the Strange Planet Shop button. Get your Nazca Lines merch at strangeplanet.ca. It's a strange planet. Wear the shirt. Take the journey. Coming up next, a special bonus episode of Conspiracy Unlimited, Thursdays with Ronnie. Join me and Ronnie McMullen in conversation as we discuss the deliberate dumbing down in schools. They're working so hard for us to just be zombies. Probably why we have to watch all these programs of zombies. They want us to just be zombies, just drugged out people, never coming against their authority. That sounds like New World Order stuff to me. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. Kalinichta. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.